What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I'm going to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down episode number 61.8, our longest running game. Do you mean 91.8? Excuse me, 91.8, our longest running game. <laughs> Sorry. A um, flashback a couple of years? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're continuing and finishing our playthrough of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. And we are finishing up Blood and Wine today, which is the final DLC for The Witcher 3. Today I have with me Matt. Hello. Interesting factoid. What we did for number 61 was Ready Player One. And they just announced Ready Player Two. I saw a post talking about Ready Player Two. And when I clicked on the post, the comments, people really hate Ready Player One. Yeah, that seems to have flipped around a little bit. I don't know I what, don't... like, I don't know what happened. I, I thought it was an enjoyable book. Sure. Was it referenced yeah. the book? Sure. But yep. it was still a fun story. We could have left out the chapter of him buying the sex doll thing. <laughs> yep. But uh yeah, man, the 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 just absolute distaste for Ready Player One. Like I just it was nothing but bad comments. Yeah, I was talking to somebody today about it and they uh they had actually said the same comment. I was like, I, I missed all that. I didn't realize there was such a negativity about it i mean I, I i thought it was okay i didn't love it but you know i didn't have you know strong guttural feelings about it but he said yeah basically the the perception now is that it's essentially 50 shades of gray for nerds i mean you know it's just really diving into that you know self you know you know self-referential and you know just diving deeper in and not really worrying about quality or, or anything else that might save it from a literary perspective. Ah, uh, well, maybe maybe I'm just an idiot. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm actually also uh, just about done with Armada. Uh, I got about halfway through that. That's a slow one right there, man. I haven't finished it. Like, In fact, I, I just got to where the aliens come in. Like the first like six, seven chapters of that book is just like, you know, did I, did I see an alien? Did I not see an alien? And I'm just like, and also this, this whole time I'm thinking this is the plot to the last starfighter. Yep. Which they do reference in there specifically. (laughs) I mean, you can reference this all you want to, but I mean, it's, it's. The entire time I was just thinking this is a ripoff of The Last Starfighter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I've got – so I thought that actually was pretty quick, but that's because I went through the first half of the book in about one sitting uh, because I'm listening to the audio book and I, I've been listening to it on the way up to Vermont for the 4th of July. So I got through seven hours of the book on the way there and back. Um. So you know, I, I thought it, I thought it moved pretty quickly, but my overriding two thoughts are: Is he keeping a tally and trying to reference as many or more things than he did in Ready Player One? Because I get that feeling. I feel like sometimes they're really shoehorned in there. 
my thing is, is that the references at least make sense in Ready Player One, while in Armada, it's just this kid who's going on an adventure because he's so good at video games that he's now being recruited to fight actual aliens. And yeah, although they, there's a bit more explanation. I, I'm, I'm sure there probably is. I, I, if you, I have not finished the book, and spoilers for anybody who has, but this is my theory. The aliens have observed Earth and have mimicked our pop culture references to then be like that. It's essentially Pixel, the movie. Yep. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, is very much like Pixel in, in my mind, yeah. Th- there you go. They, they, they saw the video games and said, we're going to mimic that because... You know, I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. I, I feel similarly about it as I did about Ready Player One. It actually gets rid of my two least favorite parts, which is that it was, you know, a little too on the nose with its message. And I don't know. I I, I guess I, I, I'm slightly more in tune with the video game and sci-fi references of Armada relative to the heavier 80 references in Ready Player One. So I, I think I, I, I get more of them, and I, I feel more of the references. All right. But but it, it does kind of feel like, you know, it, it feels like he's just keeping a tally. It feels a little bit derivative, despite the fact that it's referencing those things and trying to be, trying to kind of rise above that. And the derivativeness is kind of part of the point. But still, it is. So I I, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably finish it up this weekend. But I don't no. know. I just <laughs> game sixty one was Ready Player One, and it took me on that tangent. <laughs> you just had to look it up. What was sixty one? <laughs> I something. But yeah. Um. So we're talking about The Witcher. Um. And uh, yeah. Uh. I somehow finished this. So, yay. Um, because I didn't think I was actually going to. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect that. I was surprised when you just told me. Well, that's that's because, you know, I, I didn't think I was going to make it. And, um, but the last part of this game seems to go by relatively quickly. It's, you know... Once you start it, it's like, okay, you can't really do any side quests. You're going here, 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 here. Yep. And I did not really accidentally get locked into that, but had I known this was the cutoff point, I might have I might have waited a little bit longer to take that plunge. But once I did, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm buckled in. Let's go. Let's ride this to the end. There you go. But, uh, yeah. Um, gosh, the last thing we did, we were going to the party. We were going to the ball with all the, the Richie Rich upper echelon people. Looking for the man from Sintra. Yes, looking for the man from Sintra who we believe was the one who was behind this whole kidnapping and, um, blackmailing of Detlef and his, uh, Former lover. Uh, Renna? Is her name Renna? Renna, I believe, was uh, her name. But um, uh, as we go with the Duchess Incognito, 
uh, were trying to find this man. Uh, this man is known for uh, having an audience and having um, uh, his um, escort being this very famous singer. So, uh, as we roam around trying to find the singer, she is here at this party. We're hoping we can run into him. Uh, I go around and do all the festivities. I observe the, uh, uh, the mimes doing their thing. I, uh, look at the magician who's making stuff float around. And of course I drink. Some absinthe. Yep. Yeah, I did some of these. I, now that I'm looking at the list, I clearly didn't do all of them. I definitely did the paintball part. Yeah, I did the paintball part. Uh, the mime one was stupid because they say they're basically pulling on a rope, and you're supposed to cut the rope, pretend to cut the rope, and you have to be pixel freaking perfect to actually initiate <laughs> that. And I had to look it up. I was like, I'm not letting this mime thing go. So I looked it up, and it was like you have to stand in this exact position to get it mm. to work. Um, that's that's like uh, The Witcher's Legacy. That's the kind of thing, like the awkwardness, the positional challenges, the you, you know the your platforming woes. That's the kind of stuff that's been smoothed out and fixed every iteration of The Witcher, but you can still see a little of that. I can't tell you how many times I have been in a cutscene and a herd of deer just run through the screen. <laughs> like it happened in in a side quest I was doing, which I'm going to talk about. And I'm just like, this is so weird. Obviously, these deer are not supposed to be in this cutscene, but the world is still moving around, and it's like yeah. it's like ten deer running around. And they're like bumping into each other and bumping into Geralt and stuff. It's just weird. And in one of the final cutscenes of the game, there's a guy in the background and his arm constantly raises and then break comes back <laughs> down the entire time. Yeah, the thing I love is every time like they switch scenes, it's like the gust of wind just went through. Yeah, every and time. And I'll see so many like <laughs> like Geralt's clothing or you know Anarietta's dress just all of a sudden it's like they were doing something off screen and the camera panned back to them and they realized they had to get back in position yeah that's that it's it's alone in the dark all over again <laughs> the perpetual wind that is happening inside inside uh, the doors yeah. inside indoors Geralt's I wonder just, what causes it I don't know I, I I think every time the camera changes I think the characters are loaded and I feel like they're dropped. Yeah, I was going to say, it's almost like they're dropped from six inches up or something. It's exactly what it is. I think that's how it works. But um, I felt like it happened a lot in this last playthrough, and I just I chuckled at it a few times. I'm like, these are serious scenes. What were they just doing off camera? Yeah. <laughs> but it's... Uh, have you? Sorry, I had to bring this up because it, it reminded me of this. Have you ever heard of a television show called Dark Shadows? Oh, I thought you were going to say Dark Skies, and I'm like, nobody ever talks about Dark Skies. I, I, I know what Dark Skies is, but I've never seen it. Uh, I do know Dark Shadows. I've watched maybe an episode or two. Okay. But I, I've just I've looked it up a few times. I'm like, ooh, it seems like something I would like. So they made a movie with Johnny Depp, and yep. it was okay. Uh, Dark Shadows, the reason why I know about Dark Shadows is because of my mother. 
My mother was a big fan of it in the 60s. She used to watch it when she was a kid. And Sci-Fi Channel started re-airing it uh, when I was probably 14. And I, I couldn't go anywhere. I watched whatever my mom watched, and she wanted to rewatch Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows yeah. was a supernatural soap opera. Uh, it was about a vampire living in the modern day sixties. Uh, and it was a very serious, like very drama filled soap opera, but it was supernatural in nature. American Gothic soap opera. Yeah. And so, uh, but the thing about dark shadows was it was, it was filmed live and it was played live. So all these old episodes have tons of times where people aren't ready (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, there's, uh, you see boom mics. You'll see people in the background who's trying to hide because they're on camera now. It's, it's amazing. Like you can, I'm sure you can go to YouTube and look at like dark shadows bloopers and you'll laugh your butt off. Uh, sounds awesome. Uh, but yeah. Um, so that's what this reminded me of was like, it's like an episode of dark shadows where some dude in the background is raising his arm and he's not realizing he's on camera or something. But uh, anyway, um, so at this party, we're trying to find the singer because she's being the escort for the Centurion. Um, and what do we have to do? We have to we have to go find a. Apparently, she's wearing a uh, flower in her hair. And an it's always an orchid. It's an orchid. There's a flower like that. Yeah. And so uh, we find a woman who has that flower in her hair, and she's, well, she's naked, and she's being painted by this guy. And uh, Which we... I, I found I found part of this fascinating, which is that they're, they're talking about how great this is, and there's a whole conversation about how he desperately wanted to paint, uh, you know, Anna Henrietta, but he only does nudes, and so she, she never even was able to... Uh, you know, decide if she wanted to be painted because her, her guards, I assume it was Damien, said no. But when you look at the painting he's doing, it doesn't look very good. No. Like most of the time when you see this, it's like, oh, that's, you know, that, that that's so amazing. Obviously, you know, he gets away with whatever he wants because he's such an absolutely talented artist. But you look at this, he's like, he's just, he's just not great. No, not at all. <laughs> but, uh, Kind of out the woman that's being painted is not uh, the singer, but she knows where the singer is. Uh, we have to follow the trail because she was at she was drinking wine somewhere, and we have to follow the scent trail, which leads up to the balcony area through the, through some buildings up. Uh, when we get to a room, we find the singer unfortunately dead. She, her throat's been slashed and we're thinking, ah, the Centurion is around here somewhere and he killed her. Uh, we then investigate another room and we see that it has been ransacked. Uh, like people have been rivaling through everything, trying to find something. Uh, and that is when we put together that there's been a fight in here and somebody has been thrown from the window. Uh, that's when we then run into the woman who owns this property and she says that, yes, there was a man here. He was trying to steal something 
and I fought him and he fell out of the window. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Um, but, uh, unfortunately, uh, Henrietta is found out. I call her Henrietta. It's, it's names. It, her name is a different, they say something different every time they talk about her. Yeah. It's, you know, it's funny cause they do this for, for her and for the sister. Her yeah. full name is Anna, Anna Henrietta. And they just, they, they truncate it together called Anna Rietta. Yeah. And they do the same thing with, with Sienna. It's, you know, she's got two parts to her name as well. Yeah, Sienna Ann. I believe. Yeah, Sil- Sylvia Anna. And they call her Sienna. Okay. Yeah, it's just kind of shortening it together. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah. Um, so... Uh, after the party is over, we decide to um, sit down and talk with uh, the woman who owns this property. Uh, she knows Henrietta. Henrietta reveals herself. Yes, it's me. And um, as we're sitting there chatting with them and drinking wine, out of nowhere, Regis enters and he has a familiar face with him. Yep. Party crashers. Yeah. Regis shows up and, oh, he brought along Detlaf with him. And we're just like, okay. The whole time I'm sitting here thinking, I was like, okay. This was a great scene because yep. it was one of those, it felt kind of like uh, Inglorious Bastards whenever they're sitting in that uh, tavern. And it's one of those, somebody knows something, but they're, are they going to reveal it or not? Yeah, this was my favorite scene of, of this whole DLC, I think. Yeah, and I was like, I am the person that knows something. Do I reveal this? <laughs> uh, but I decided to play it cool. And uh, I said, Regis, let's go get some wine together. Yep. To, and I also thought, this woman who owns this mansion seems to know both Regis and Detlaf. This woman's a vampire. <laughs> this, this, they're in cahoots with each other because I still don't trust Regis. Uh, and I definitely don't trust Detlaf. So, um, I take Regis yeah, aside. I, I just, I, I love two parts of this. Just, it's almost, you know, to me, it's, it's a mark of really good writing. You know, there's, there's these different groups of people here. They all have different, different desires. You know, there, there's a lot of like, a bit of verbal sparring when people are saying things that are just just hinting a little more than they need to necessarily, and you know, wondering yeah when when that information is going to come out, is it going to come out? You know, that's just all you know, well written kind of verbal conflict, and then the idea that you can have such an intense scene like where nothing is actually happening to me that that's what I love. This I was like, oh my god, I'm so I'm so into every word. I'm like hanging on every word to know what this might kick off if the wrong thing is said. And I'm like, there are grand spectacles throughout The Witcher, but I'm so much more invested right now in this conversation than I am about a lot of those other parts of the game that are much more flashy. And I just, you know, when this scene ended, I was like, damn, that, that was that was awesome. Yeah, I did too. Great part of the game. I, I, was, I was... With this part, it won me over on Blood and Wine. But I will say, 
after finishing Blood and Wine, Hearts of Stone is the better DLC. I'm sorry, but it is. I I don't know why. <sighs> we'll get to it. But, um... So yeah, we take Regis aside and he's like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you bringing the guy that Henrietta is looking for sitting right <laughs> next to her? <laughs> Even if she doesn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Regis is like, look, we're trying to win that laugh over. He's, he's going to, he's going to be out in the wind again. I'm keeping a tight leash on him. He's not going to do anything. And, Which automatically sounds like foreshadowing for something going wrong. <laughs> yeah, and you get you get another option here to go along with it or say, "Regis, you've, you're off your rocker." Uh, and I went along with it. I don't know why, because I really don't trust Regis. Yeah, I think you and I played these scenes exactly the same. Yeah, but needless to say, um, what uh, we have heard is that. The Centron was killed. He was pushed out the window. But there was somebody else that was involved. Uh, they have a person kidnapped. Which we then decide, hey, it's probably Rena, And they're held up in this... It's almost like a small town... Because it's it's, yep. it's multiple places, but it's it's on the the outskirts of the of Toussaint. So, uh, Geralt is like, "All right, well, we're gonna go and and see if we can get some information, maybe rescue her." And um, we then take uh, take our way to um, that place. I can't remember the name of the stinking place. I had it. I, I did it today, but I can't remember what it was. Um, with the Duchess's men, um, uh, curly mustache, bald dude. What's his name? Damien. Damien. Thank you. Uh, so I'm supposed to go meet Damien to get ready to raid this town where, uh, the Centron or whoever is men are. But before that, earlier this week, I decided I'm going to put that on hold because I have gauntlets and boots that are not matching anything else. I'm getting this Grandmaster armor. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent this week getting the Grandmaster feline armor, and I had to do a bunch of side quests to do it. Did you do any side quests, Matt? Uh, yeah, I, I did a bunch of side quests, probably not as many as you did, um, but I, I did a good handful, maybe four, five, six side quests, although, looking back on it, a couple of them, I did the side quest, but didn't really get the best ending, you know, if it, if that's the way you look at the side quests, like, there was one where I had to track down, uh, I had to track down uh, some monster that had been attacking along the side of a road. Uh, something about Beauclair's Wild Kingdom. I don't know if you did that one. I did that one, yeah. That's the one with the, the uh, silver dragon. Yeah, but I didn't do that one well, I would say. Because I was, despite the fact that I desperately need monster parts to get my Grandmaster Witcher gear, 
And I was like, perfect. Here's, an, here's another side quest where I can kill a monster. As soon as they started talking about he's the last one, I'm like, well, shit, I can't be, I can't be responsible for taking out the last one. I'm just going to let him live. So I, um, I did not. And I got, I got paid. I got an easy payday, but I didn't end up getting any, any of the bits that I needed. So I did not do that. Uh, and there's a reason why. I killed that monster. Killed him dead. I killed it dead. I'm a witcher. This thing killed people. It needs to die. Uh, but I did it for a reason. Uh, Even though it was lured there. See, I, nobody told me that. Uh, the guy tried to stop me. He's like, no. Yeah, it was that guy's fault, mostly. He's like, no, don't don't kill it. I've been putting up signs and people are ignoring the signs. It doesn't matter, dude. Like, you, you, you don't need to put up signs if it's dead. I'm killing it. <laughs> but there's a reason why I did it. There was one, so you remember the quest with the hermit in the lake where you're standing on water? Did you do that one? Uh, I don't think so. Oh man, Matt, I told you about it last time we recorded. You go to this hermit, he says, and you're walking on water in this like little lake. And the hermit says you need to prove the five virtues... Uh, no, I didn't do that. Okay. I only had one virtue left, and it was the virtue of valor. And killing this monster proves your valor. Uh, yep, makes sense. But there was, there's other ways to prove your valor, too. So it's not just one thing you have to, you can do. Uh, but I was like, okay, this is the easiest one. I'm gonna kill it. So, I killed the monster. I then went back to the hermit. He said, congratulations, you have proved your five virtues. You may have the sword that is now in the lake. He then, I have to fight him. He's like a wizard. He has to, I have to prove my strength to him. He's throwing tornadoes and like shooting water at me and stuff like that. I beat him and he says, congratulations, you have proved your worthiness. You may take the sword. He dives underwater and a familiar face pops up out of the water. It's a naked woman. The hermit was actually the lady of the lake. Mm. From the Witcher 1. And the sword. Oh, the sword that she gives me is... What is it called again? It is called Arendite. And Arendite was a sword that you could get in the Witcher 1. That was given to you by the lady in the lake. This sword is the best sword in the game, Matt. So let me explain what it does. Each blow generates charges, which increases sword damage by 10%. Charges are lost over time or when receiving damage. A fully charged sword always deals critical damage. Killing a foe with a fully loaded sword will expend its charge to permanently increase the weapon's damage. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> so if you... If you can attack stuff without getting hit, you constantly increase its damage, and it never stops. It's awesome. And uh, yeah, the lady, I'm need to go back and get that. The lady of the lakes, like you had the sword before, try not to lose it this time. <laughs> and as soon as Geralt picks touches the sword, he then falls in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I got that. I did that side quest, 
How do you check which virtues you have? Did you talk to the hermit already? Yeah, I, I did, like, kick off the quest. So if you look at, you can look at the quest line, and it will show you which ones you've you've proved. Ah, uh, okay. So I've been using that sword throughout the rest of the game. Um, uh, on top of that, I did two other quests that eventually got me enough gold to make the Grandmaster uh, Witcher feline armor. I wonder if I won't be able to get this, though, because I I didn't get the wisdom, I think, because I, I couldn't lift the curse on the guy with the spoons. There may be another way to prove your wisdom. Yeah, okay. Hope so. You'll have to look it up. I'm not sure. But, um... So, the, the feline witcher armor... Let me talk about this for a second, because it is awesome, too. So, if you have four pieces of the set... Which I do. I have the chest, legs, boots, and gauntlets. If you land a hard attack, a heavy attack, your fast attacks always do critical hits for five seconds. Mm. And it's great. If you have seven pieces of the set, or not seven, uh, six pieces of the set, which is including the silver sword and the steel sword. Back attacks uh, do uh, stuns, so it automatically stuns a person. Um, and if they're below 25% health, it instantly kills them. So yeah, those sets are awesome. But uh, the other two side quests that I will bring up, uh, one of them was called Wine. I, I don't think the wolf wolf stats are that good, just uh, comparatively. Yeah, I looked at all of them, and I was like, yeah, the feline's the best. You see, the, 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 wolf's, the wolf set at three out of six pieces allows you to apply up to three oils at the same time to a sword. Not terribly useful. And if you have all six, it lets you throw bombs without delay. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's good, but it's not terribly exciting. If you were playing on Death March, I bet you that will make or break a fight. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. So. But um, the only other two side quests that I did that were significant that I need to talk about is I did the one where I entered the tourney. Um, and the woman who was headlining the tournament which you would get a you would get an audience with a guy hires you to take his place in the tournament to win so he can get an audience with her the reason why is because he believes she's cursed and he is also in love with her kind of find out the woman is cursed uh, she runs off in the middle of the night during the tournament and she's actually a cursed monster uh, when she was born she was cursed uh, by some kind of creature and she is now a hybrid of an Oriole and a person. Mm. So she has like feathers all over her. And she has a beak. And she has to use glamour magic to make her look like a human. And it's slowly deteriorating her. Uh, and I was able to lift the curse. 
and uh, lifting the curse, uh, unfortunately, um, gives her the lifespan of an Oriole. So she's going to die in roughly seven years. But she's a human and free to live. Mm. Uh, so I did that one. And then I did the one called Wine Wars, which was... Oh, yeah, I did that. You did that was those. actually a lot longer than I expected. That was a lot longer. Take it all the way through. Yeah, I took it all the way through. And to be honest with you, that entire quest line was busy work. Yep. It really was. Because you did the exact same thing. Go to these five places, kill some things, and then go talk to somebody. And I was just like, you guys couldn't have expanded this a little bit more. Yeah, if it was a little more focused, like a, a lot of these quests, I feel like are the good ones are more focused on the story, you know, and why you're there, what you're doing, and and there was that, right? There's the setup. There's the two people that want, you know, that want to get the the vineyard, but neither one of their own vineyards are up to snuff, and there, there's concerns about both of their abilities to run the vineyard, and you know, they're kind of warring with each other, but they're in love with each other, and. So th- there was some of that to make it worth it, but y- you're right. The the amount of busy work that you do relative to the narrative payoff just was a bit lacking. Yeah. The only good thing about that was I was able to sucker them out of 600 crowns piece. <laughs> so I made 1,200 crowns, and that got me the rest of my gear. Nice. Any other side quests that you want to mention? Uh, I did a Witcher contract that was called Feet as Cold as Ice. Um, which, you know, there's not much to it other than you go with this knight into uh, a cavern to fight a, a Spriggan. Okay. And he kind of lives in a grotto, and his name is Gratore. Uh, and it turns out that the knight didn't actually want to kill it. So he had been taken, he had been on the hunt for you know, let's say a month and he just hadn't gotten up the nerve to go in and fight it. So I, I went in with him, fought it and killed it. And he's like, yeah, you know, actually I didn't want to kill it because I, uh, I, I said I would strike out on this adventure, kill the Spriggan to prove my love. And then I would get married, but I actually don't want to get married. So <laughs> I felt like I would just keep delaying this fight and then never have to get married. So, uh, so I, I killed it, and apparently I went back and like delivered the message to the lady in waiting, and she's like, "Yeah, he immediate he came back and told me that he that he killed it, and then immediately said he needed to go fight something bigger to really prove his love, and then he disappeared." Again. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, not, not a ton there, but you know, kind of a, a chuckle, short little Witcher contract. But uh... and. I did one other one worth mentioning. It was called A Knight's Tales. I have that one, but I never did it. Uh, basically, yeah, there's a guy, there's a tree that's like bleeding. And so I was instantly like, oh, this is, you know, this is interesting. Why is this tree bleeding? Um, and then there's a bit of a curse, and there, there's a little bit of trekking back and forth and figuring out why is the tree cursed. And then I went up to a, a cabin, like on a mountainside, and to talk to the witch that cursed. The, the lady, apparently it's a lady that was cursed as a tree, and essentially, I don't know, I feel like I evaded something by not having to fight the witch, but I basically just told the witch, Dah, don't worry about it, I don't need your help, I'm, I'll figure out a way to get f- to free her myself. I, you know, I, 
I'm not gonna. I'm not worried about you. But I had to go up, and she had like a pentagram on the wall that was hidden, and I had to take uh, a remnant of the girl that had been turned into a bleeding tree. But in hindsight, I should have maybe worked harder to convince this witch to help me reverse the curse because I went back down and I started doing my my rituals to lift it. So I I lit a bunch of fires on kind of the north, south, east, and west side of the tree. Uh, but apparently I ripped her out of the tree so violently that she turned into a, you know, a violent monster. Oh, good. And attacked me. Whereas, you know, I I think the other path was that you could ease her out of the curse and just kind of set her free. So I, I removed her from the tree and then killed her. So I'm, I'm not sure she's any better off after all that. But. Well, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, she's free from her prison, but... She's also free from life. <laughs> but, uh, so, that's all the side quests I need to talk about. You go Yeah, those that. were, that, that's where I kind of toyed, you know, I, I, I did a bunch of them, I kind of cut a couple of them too short, and I was just trying to get money. At this point, I went all the way back to the, the Grandmaster Armorer, and... Tried to buy all my pieces. I think at this point I only had the one. I had the chest plate. Because that seemed like it had the best stats relative to the the previous armor set I had. But I also needed a bunch of monster parts. And I had just fought a ton of monsters and didn't get what I needed. So I, I kind of just said, screw it. I'll do this later. And, and then did. accidentally and triggered the rest of the game. Oh, well, there you go. So yeah, uh, when you when you start to storm this town, there's there's so I accidentally did so I was when I'm riding my horse, I am constantly mashing the A button, and a message popped up saying, "Hey, you might want to save your game here because this is kind of like a point of no return." Yep. And I kept mashing A, and I realized it. And I was like, I don't know what that was. I ah, whatever. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that was a point of no return save prompt, but whatever. I'm going to keep going. <laughs> and then I got to beat this game now. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, It's funny because I'm, I'm playing this on the computer. So you're like, I'm mashing A. I'm like, what, are you just going in circles? <laughs> you know, that's that's left. Why would you just keep hitting left? <laughs> no, is A is make your horse run faster. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, are we, uh, when you go to storm this castle, it's like, okay, buckle up, buckaroo, because you're going to be here for three hours doing everything. Um, so, uh, storm the castle, or not, well, not castle, the, the village, the small village. Uh, had some issues here, even with the gear. Yeah. These guys, like, they like to get surround you, man. But, uh, I was able to make it through. And, um, uh, Regis and Detlaf show up and they destroyed the guys. Yeah. The last, the last couple of groups right before you get to the castle yeah. are just crazy how quickly they rip through them. Yeah. And so it was, that was pretty awesome. Um, but making it up to the tower. Uh, we 
we run into her. We we find her. We find uh find the 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 missing kidnapped woman. And uh, Detlef is so excited to see her, and she's so excited to see him. And everybody's like, "This doesn't look like a prison." Sure. Geralt's like, "This looks like uh, she's here because she wants to be." And then Geralt and Regis both, we get it. There was no kidnapping, was there? And sure enough, she said, "Yep." There's a, there's a, it's, it's all been just a big ruse. She kidnapped herself. But why? Why would you kidnap yourself? Come to find out, she is actually the long lost sister of the Duchess. Which we didn't mention earlier, which I will get into now. Uh, during the party when Dutlef and, uh, Regis show up and we sit down and drink wine during this discussion. Henrietta is telling us about her sister. Her sister was exiled from Tersant uh, because she was cursed. Uh, the curse of the Black Sun, I believe is what it's called. Yep. And uh, it's a curse that happens when you're born. Just so happens you're born on the wrong day. And all throughout childhood, she was a very disturbed and menacing child. Her family realized that she was cursed and decided that when she was about 14 or 15, I can't remember, they were going to send her away. And they sent her away and pretty much left her to die. Well... I say all that to go back to we find her in this tower. She's actually not been kidnapped. She kidnapped herself. And she has been tricking Detlef into murdering the knights and the people responsible for her exile. Yeah, I guess that's that's probably the biggest twist of the game. Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. But it, and, and it's it, it's also, to me, it's kind of the nucleus of the... The emotional impact of this game, right? That you're bringing together the storylines, essentially Detlef's story and Honorietta's story. You're you're giving kind of the crux. You're getting the understanding of why the murders happened. To me, this is like this was probably the biggest part of the payoffs in the end of the game. And they didn't really hit for me. Uh, I, I I get it. But it was just like, sure, all right. Um, I was hoping there was something bigger going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's okay. Uh, Detlef, enraged, flies off into the night. But before he leaves, he leaves, which... You know, Rena, who is also the sister of the Duchess, what what do they call her? Siana. 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 So this this wasn't the part when they when she kind of went into detail, was it? No, I thought that was later. That's later. That's later. In, 
And only if you do one of the two paths. Yeah. So she just reveals, yeah, it's, it's true. And he, before he leaves, tells Sienna, you got three days to come meet with me or I burn Tersant to the freaking ground. Yep. And he flies off. Now, for me, it felt weird because apparently three days pass. In a second. In a second. And yep. we're back with the Duchess and she's like, you guys haven't found Detlaf. He's making threats against us and you came up with nothing. I'm paying you for a reason, right? I mean, she chews out Geralt. Yep. And she mentions, she's like, how do you hunt things? I send my beagles to go hunt for foxes and they bring them back within the hour. You can't do that. And at that point, I wanted to be a smart ass to her. Yeah. Uh, but I chose something that I didn't realize what it would do because Regis is with me when she's chewing us out. And I was like, well, foxes and he he says it like this. Foxes and vampires are a lot different. And when he says vampires, he kind of points toward Regis. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't mean to out Regis here, guys. Uh, but the, everybody's looking at him like, oh, God, he's a vampire. To which Regis kind of just shrugs it off. He's like, oh, right, whatever. <laughs> so uh, as we're talking and getting chewed out. So begins the storming of Tresant. Detlaf has pretty much summoned all the vampires in the known kingdom and have began attacking the palace. So, uh, three, three days are up. Yeah. The three We're days. Sienna. Yeah. Three <laughs> days are up. So Geralt's like, look, we need Sienna. He, he's not going to stop until he talks to her. And she's like, you, that's out of the question. She's my sister. I am not going to let her get murdered by him. And we're like, well, where are you keeping her? She's not going to tell us. So we have to go through the palace, fighting off a bunch of supernatural vampire beings. And we finally run into Damon. Damien. Yeah, we had to fight the Bruxa. That, this was the one fight that I was like, oh, I don't have to do this. I'm not doing it. I died probably three or four times on the on the fight where you have to fight two Bruxa. Yeah. And I just kind of gave up and ran past it at that point. Yep, you can totally run past it. I believe this is where Ken said he got stuck. And I will tell Ken tomorrow, hey, you can just run past that stuff. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we run into uh, the, the, the general of her knights. And uh, Damien's like, all right, look. We need to know where she is. He's like, she's going to have my head if I do this. He's like, I don't care. She's going to have our heads if it, we're not going to have heads in a few minutes. Yeah. It's all of, all of Toussaint that needs you. Yeah. So he tells us that she was in the playroom the last he saw. Uh, at this point, we get a choice. And this is where our two, this is where it can deviate. Regis says we need to find Savannah and take her to Detlaf. 
or don't worry, he won't kill her. Yeah, I know him. I trust him. Yeah. So, Detlaf uh, is you know wreaking havoc on this town. So you have the choice of doing what Regis wants and getting her to come and meet with him, or do the Witcher's thing and say we're going after him. You would go after him by talking to another vampire. So uh, Regis did mention that there was a way of summoning that laugh that was a very horrible way to do it. And it involves talking to this ancient vampire who can pretty much summon any vampire that he wants. Basically rules Tucson from the vampire side. Exactly. Uh, So I'm assuming from what we talked about, me and you both went after Savannah. Yeah, although I desperately want to see the other side of this. I do too. Because seeing this ancient, you know, primordial vampire and having him bend Detlaf to his will sounds freaking awesome. Yeah. So me and you did the same path. Um, uh, we uh, make our way to the the toy room, the playroom. And, uh, she's not there, but we, uh, look around for clues. We find a journal from when, uh, the girls were younger and, um, they mentioned that a powerful mage, uh, created a, uh, world for them to play in. It was the world, what was it called? The world of a thousand fable, land of a thousand fables, I believe. Yeah, I think so. And uh, he put it in a book. So they, the book was the portal to this world. Geralt gets transported to this land. And I was taken back. I was like, God, I'm not going to finish this. Because it's an open world. Yep, with its own set of quests basically yeah with its own set of quests like there's a quest board and you i was like oh god there's a quest board here and i clicked on it and i gathered one quest from it which was called duck duck goose i think or something like that but this world is filled with people from fables so you're gonna run into jack from jack and the beanstalk you're gonna run into the boy that cried wolf the three little pigs all this other stuff. So we run into Savannah. She's there talking to Jack, looking for these beans that can that leads to an escape. If she can get the beanstalk and climb the beanstalk, she can then leave this world through a portal. Was this the only way that they were able to leave when they were kids as well? No. There was another way, but uh, Henrietta sealed it whenever she dropped her in there. Yeah, okay. So, um, uh, so our mission is to go and get these three beans so we can plant them. Uh, and the beans are being held by these fables. Uh, the first one I did was the three little pigs. I uh, ran into... Uh, the stone house or the brick house, which still hadn't been blown over by the big bad wolf. 
and I knocked it down. And you blast it with Ard, or I, did you attack it? Or? I blasted it with Ard. Yeah. And then out come these three pigs trying to attack me. <laughs> but, but realistic looking pigs, not like, you know, curly tailed cartoony pigs. Yeah. Yeah. These, these are realistic looking pigs. But they're wearing to, hats. Yeah. They're, and they're wearing hats. Uh, I kill them and get the first bean. Uh, the second bean, uh, I got from, oh man, where was it? I know the, the third bean was the, uh, uh, the big bad wolf, the little red riding hood, big bad wolf. Yep. The second one was in the tower, the right? Ta- Wrong oh, lock. God, that was, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I have to say that's the coolest thing ever. Yep. So. These... And definitely, I, I, like, had I had a camera on me, I'm pretty sure my face would have completely changed at that moment. The 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 color, the colorful world that this is, is all warped because of weird stuff. Because they haven't been there in so long, and it's the ma- magic hasn't been maintained. So all these happy little things in these fairy tales are warped all to hell. So it's basically Rapunzel. They, they they call her what Longlocks I think is what it's called. Yeah, it's basically Rapunzel. She's in this tower, uh, and it's we, decaying and broken. Yeah, so we have to climb this tower. We find the knight who's supposed to save her. He's dead. Looks like he fell from the tower. And when we get up there to the tower where Rapunzel is, we find her dead body hanging from her own hair. She hung herself. Because the knight died, and he—that he, was her only way of being rescued. So now we have to fight her freaking ghost. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, this is insane!" <laughs> but I was yeah, like, "This is so, that was an awesome scene. This is so twisted." <laughs> and after killing the ghost, Geralt's like, mm, "Waited too long. Finally decided to kill herself." <laughs> it's just chock full of empathy, that Geralt. Yeah. And so, and then we get to do the dive. I did the dive. The, uh, <laughs> I did the dive too, right into a pile of rocks. Oh, look at you! You say so you died. Yep. <laughs> nice. Now I, I did the swan dive into the lake, uh, a la uh, Assassin's Creed. Yep. Uh, and then the last uh, bean is from um, uh, the big bad wolf, who is still dressed up like Granny. Uh, he is apparently been drinking himself to death in all this time. He is massively hungover and he has a French accent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so imagine this ugly looking wolf dressed up like a granny and he's laying there on the ground because he's so hungover. Whining about it. Whining about it. And they're like, okay, well give us the, the bean. He's like, nope, I'm not doing it. It's like, not unless, I, I, the only way I play on my part is if Little Red Riding Hood's here. And like, what'd you do with Little Red Riding Hood? He's like, I got sick of her. I got sick of her, her and the huntsman killing me constantly. So I decided to kill them both and I threw them down the well. <laughs> <laughs> so we have to jump down the well, get Little Red Riding Hood's hood, give it to Savannah. She, she plays Little Red Riding Hood saying, oh, what big eyes you have. And then finally he attacks us. We have to kill him. And then we have to cut him open and get the bean because he ate it. Yep. The, the, this whole area is interesting. You know, you walk in and it's 
I'm not going to say cartoony, but it it's you know it's fantastical with the giant mushrooms and the eternal rainbow and this one tower in the middle of the valley. Uh, but yeah, I, I like all the the kind of decayed and dark undertones to it. Felt more like a you know kind of like Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah. Oh, and uh, there was a couple other things I did here. Uh, the first thing I did was I did do the contract. I had to help out the goose. So the goose got kidnapped and we had to kill these dwarven bandits who had it locked up. I unlocked the cage. Geralt somehow understands the, the, the quacking of the goose or the honking of the goose. And the goose thanks him by laying a golden egg. Mm. Uh, this golden egg, uh, it disappears once you leave this place. But if you consume it, it gives you an ability point. Oh, okay. And the last thing I did was, well, there's two things I did. Uh, it was a very small thing. Uh, Geralt accidentally steps on Thumbelina. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just, he's just kind of like nonchalantly like wipes it off his boot. And Savannah's like, thanks for killing my favorite fairy tale of all time. <laughs> and then, um, I also ran into, uh, I don't know who this fairy tale is. The girl that's selling things. Did you run into her? Girl that's selling things. Uh, yeah, up in like, when, when you go into that tiny little village and as you walk in, it turns to like winter. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first place I went because it was kind of, I guess I was going counterclockwise when you start and you see all of the objectives on your map. I kind of just went, it was the first thing down and then up to the right and I was like alright this is the closest closest objective I'll, I'll head in here Okay. so um I went in there and she's normally selling something else in the fairy tale but now she's selling like uh, cannabis and fish tech and like she's selling like drugs now <laughs> yep uh and um but she has something she has a little ribbon around her her uh, wrist and she's like and uh Savannah's like hey that's mine I left it in here on accident when I was a kid and we have to buy it from her 500 crowns. I got mad about that, <laughs> but I did buy it for her. Yeah, I did too. Well, At this point I had a ton of money from all the quests I had done. I was like, it's just the monster bits I need, not the money. So might as well just buy it. And, uh, Geralt has a little line of like, why is that ribbon so important to you? She's like, it's the only thing I have. And the mage that made this place said that as long as I have it, I'll be, I'll be protected. It says it has a lot of sentimental value to her. I was like, okay. So I got it for her. Uh, so, uh, there was one other thing that I did here. I guess it wouldn't have mattered to you since you had your grandmaster gear, but I, I followed a, a will of the wisp. I did too. And did, did you get the gold armor, the Toussaint armor? I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got it, but I was like, this is heavy armor. It does nothing for me. Yeah, I, I was all about it and wore it for the rest of the game. Oh, there you go. It, it, and, to this, and it's still better than the Grandmaster armor as far as just pure armor class goes. It doesn't have all the other bonuses, but... Uh, it, yeah, it it was actually quite useful for the rest of it. Um, So we decided to go and plant the beans... Another little funny bit here. She's like, wait a minute, before we plant them, they, this beanstalk will sprout up real fast. So she goes and hides. 
Geralt throws him in and he runs and hides and then nothing happens. So Geralt's like, all right. And so he walks back up to the beans and then bam, <laughs> the beanstalk pops up, knocks Geralt back. So presumably what happened is he didn't, cause it looked a little bit like he maybe put a little dirt on it and that was planting it rather than it just falling on the ground. I guess. I couldn't really tell what the, what the justification was, but I think it was just there as a gag. Because Geralt, he, as he was walking up to the beans, he's like, why is there always something that's got to go wrong? And before he says wrong, the beanstalk pops up and knocks him back. Yeah. But they climb the beanstalk, and they make it to the castle in the clouds. And as everybody knows from Jack and the beanstalk, there's a giant that lives in that castle. So now we have to fight this giant. This fight, so I have to say... Since I got the Witcher gear, hit an enemy with a hard attack and then just slash, slash, slash with fast attacks makes short work out of an enemy. Yeah. This giant was easy. And he also kept hitting the thing that's electrified. It shocked him. Yeah. This looked like a really tough boss fight. Yeah. You know, his visual appearance, the way they set the scene. The fact that all of a sudden there's lightning coming down, like I just got the sense this was a, you know, kind of an epic boss battle, but yeah, it wasn't really hard at all. No, no, not at all. And, uh, so, uh, after killing him. Did you make Whoopi? I made Whoopi. I made Whoopi in the clouds. Did you? Yeah. Of course you did. Man, talk about that. We, we making Whoopi while floating in clouds. It's awkward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like they're underwater, but they're not. Not. And he's using, like, the wind to help him thrust. It's so freaking weird. Yeah. <laughs> and she just, like, tosses her red riding hood cloak at him. Yeah. It's, uh, like this, it's, it's corny. But. It's so corny. But, uh, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I just, uh, this might be the, my, just think of this as my last wish. I want a man. And I was like, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we did that. And then we left. Actually, no, I, I got another sword. I went to, uh, I followed another will wisp. <laughs> did you follow it? No, I didn't see this one. It's at the castle. So when you're walking up the stairs there, there's another will o wisp. And Geralt's like, oh, another one. And I follow it and it leads me, um, I had to fall down from the stairs and there's like a little cave and mm. there I swear I th I'm pretty sure it's a Dark Souls reference because there's a sword in a bonfire <laughs> and you have to ignite it and then Geralt like rests by it just like they do in Dark Souls and then you yeah. take then you take the sword well, that's cool and then we leave we come back out um we're back in Tresant out in the fountain and we know what we got to do. Uh, Regis meets up with us and we go to the final fighting place. We're going to have our big showdown. And uh, as we're there, Detlaf shimmies up through his fog-like form. And he's like, okay, 
tell me, did you really do all of this as a ruse? Yep. And he gets enraged. And he has his little fingers turn into claws. And he goes to stab Silvana. And as soon as he's about to stab her... His Ren. Yep. His love. As soon as he's about to stab her, she disappears into thin air. The ribbon that we bought for her while we were in the land of a thousand fables actually worked. So it still had some magic left in it. It would always protect her. Yeah, that's kind of crazy because I... You know, didn't know there was any significance really to buying that. Exactly. And she would have been flat dead if you hadn't bought that. Exactly. This game would have changed. The ending would have changed significantly. So, um, after that, he then attacks the Witcher. But Regis steps in, turns into a vampire himself, and they have a nice fight. Thought this fight was really cool. Yep, I like the uh the, the quick you, you hear a lot of like quick stabs with the with the finger finger knives. Yep. Claws. They do a uh um a Zack Snyder slow mo then go back to fast again. Yeah. While dodging and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> that whole fight I was like, All right, Carol, what are you doing? You just hey, you eating popcorn on the sideline? What's going on? <laughs> You know, because it, it kind of goes, you know, it does a part of the fight and then it stops and it does another part of the fight. I'm like, all right, how much time is actually passing here? Well, Geralt does step in. Yeah, he Cause... does after. But only after Detlef basically throws Regis through a wall and he's out of commission. Well, not true. If you remember, um, he had he kind of had Regis down and he was going to slash down at him and Geralt comes in with a sword and stops him. Uh, yeah. And then he yeah, throws Regis into a wall. <laughs> And so begins the final boss fight. Which uh, goes a couple places. Yeah, he has two forms. Technically three forms. So uh, the, his first form is easy. It's just human, yeah. humanoid debt laugh. Uh, when you get him about three-fourths health, he then mutates into a full-on vampire with the wings and everything. And this part of the fight killed me probably about four times Mm. because there's two things he does. He flies through the air. He tries to swoop you one time. Then he summons a bunch of vampire bats and throws them at you. Even with a Quinn shield, it takes half my health. Oh, getting hit once by it? Yes. Wow. So I... Eventually had to just dodge it perfectly because I still seem to be getting hit by it. Um, and then yeah, I definitely got hit once by it. Yeah, then he comes and does a dive bomb, and then he kind of sits there for a few seconds while you can hit him. Uh, and then when you get him to his last part of his health, it changes again. We're now inside of him? Yeah, I was going to ask you, what exactly is this? I don't know. His heart is shown, and we're like inside of his body, and we can see his heart, 
but he has multiple hearts. Yeah, that was my question. Is it a heart or is it some kind of incubation sack that he can regenerate within or or what? I don't know. But uh, he's now like a blood fiend. Is that him? I I couldn't tell because I'm attacking the sacks. Yeah. Which... You know, are doing him damage. I'm like, I don't know if the thing chasing me is even Detlef anymore. Yeah, but it's constantly trying to hit you. You can destroy it, but it after about five seconds, it comes back. Uh, but you got to go for these hearts that are around the arena. Uh, kill the hearts. He then goes back into the big heart that's floating in the sky, and it just requires one more hit. So I run up to him. I do my big slash. I cut him in half diagonally. Yep. Uh, but he's still alive and he is slowly regenerating. Uh, Geralt helps up Regis and Regis is like, I'll take it from here because as we all know, a higher vampire can only be killed by another higher vampire. Regis reluctantly kills Detlef. His good friend. I thought he was going to save his hand or something so he could regenerate him later, but does not look like he did. No. Uh, yeah, he kills him. Uh, and then after that, cut to two weeks later. Uh, Geralt is now being fitted for a nice uh, suit, I guess. Fancy clothes. Yep. Because he's being awarded the highest medal in Tresant. Um, looks like uh, Silvana has been put in the dungeon, but not really the dungeon. She's in the tower. She's been locked Pretty away. Pretty nice dungeon. Yeah. She's been locked in the tower, and she is awaiting trial. And Regis mentions there's one piece of the puzzle that is just bothering me. Geralt's like, what is it? He's like, well, there were five people that were supposed to be killed. Detlef only killed four of them. Don't you want to know who the fifth person was? To which, as a player, I was like, absolutely. Yep. I mean, I, I get, like, there's at least one comment in there, like, oh, what does it matter? She's, you know, th the plot's been stopped. It doesn't matter who the fifth one is. But, yeah, as the player, I'm like, ah, no. I must know who that fifth person is. So we have to do one last thing. I did this. I wish this had been more of a surprise, though. At that, as soon as they started asking who the fifth person was, I'm like, "Well, how many other people in this game matter enough to make this a big payoff?" Uh, I basically said, I, I, "I'm pretty sure I know who the fifth person has to be." I that's what I thought too. I was like, "I know exactly who it is." Yeah. Otherwise, like anyone else in the game, it wouldn't matter. Like, there's no reason to keep it a secret or to make a big deal. Like, and have a whole, whole extra mission at the end of the game after you've already beat the end boss, <laughs> just to figure out who it was. You wouldn't go through all that if it wasn't somebody important to the game. Jeez. But uh, hang on a second. Sorry, my my guards are texting me. Anyway, um, so yeah, uh, so we had to go talk to the, uh, the shoe shiner little boy and ask him, Hey, there was another person 
that was supposed to be got, you know, bringing a note to pass the debt laugh. He's like, I don't know who it was. He's like, okay, well, who was bringing the notes? It was a bunch of beggars. Okay, where do the beggars live? They live over here. So I go to the place where the beggars are being staying. And, of course, they're being razzled by a bunch of guys living in town saying, we want you guys to move out, so i got to get in a fist fight with them. I beat them up. And then we go talk to the beggars. And one by one, they're like, yeah, I gave one, I gave one. And there's a guy sitting there. He's like, I, get, I was supposed to give one in two days, but it uh hasn't happened yet. Girl's like, okay, well, you can give it to me because it's over now. Hands it over, and he reads it. And he's like, man, didn't see this happening. The fifth and final person on the hit list was the Duchess herself. Dun, dun, dun. Which I was like, of course, who else could it be? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so we now have information. We uh, And we get the option. I'm assuming this probably changes the ending. We can tell the Duchess, hey, just FYI, your sister was going to kill you too. Or we can just not tell her. Um, that's, of course, during the ceremony where we get the medal. Before that ceremony, I want to go and find out why she wanted to do this. Regis is like, I don't want to have anything to do with it. I don't want to talk to her. I don't want to see her again. She made me kill my friend. So I go up and talk to her. And basically it's bitterness. I was exiled and my sister never looked for me and basically just forgot about me. Took over the throne and didn't care. Uh, and here you have some dialogue options that I think may change. Yeah, I think some of these, some of these matter. Yeah. Uh, so I chose the one that was like, look, your sister was like 12 or 13 when you were exiled. You, you can't hold that against her. She was a kid. Yep. You should forgive her. You should forgive her. Or have you considered forgiving her? Yeah. So going to the ceremony. We then have the option, uh, thank you for the medal, or I got some bad news for you. Your sister was wanting to kill you. I debated on telling her, but I told her. Did you? Yep. Okay. I think me and you got the exact same ending. <laughs> um, so. She actually, was- no, I actually think I didn't. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure I did tell her. But, uh, yeah, I was back and forth. I was real hesitant on whether I should. Yeah. So, uh, I'll tell you how mine ended, and you can tell me if yours is like mine. So, I tell her, look, your sister was going to kill you. She's like, I don't believe it. Bring her here. I want I want to talk to her. And I want you to stay with me, and you can mediate between us. And I was like, all right. So, she brings... She brings Savannah, and she's like, Witcher says that you were going to kill me. She's like, yep, I was. 
And she asked, Geralt, what do you think I should do? So I chose... Look, what she did was definitely condemnable. But I could see why she did it. Yeah, she had some valid reasons. Yeah. And so uh, it comes to be that, you know, uh, the Duchess walks up to her and says, Look, I want you to forgive me. I never stopped looking for you. I sent people to find you all the time and you didn't want to be found. I never forgot about you. And I'm sorry I didn't stand up for you when I should have. And she reaches in to hug her. And Silvana, in turn, hugs her. And they seem to have forgiven each other. Is that how yours played out? Yep, that is the good ending. Okay. They they, they made up with each other. Nobody died. Have you looked up the bad endings? Uh, I did look up the bad endings. Please tell me. Because I have a feeling I know how one of them ends. I get the yep. feeling that if you don't convince Silvana to forgive, that while she goes in for a hug, she tries to kill her. Yep. Uh, she, go- she goes to kill her, and then Damien, I believe, shoots her dead. Okay. And I think they actually both die. Oh. oh. That's that's the worst ending. That's the tragic ending. Is okay. that that yeah, it looks like there's there's three endings. There's the good, the bad, and the, the ugly. <laughs> so the ugly is they both die. Yep. Uh, the bad is I guess Silvana dies and the Duchess lives. Uh yes, and you also end up in prison, I think. What? Because because with Sienna dead, right? Anna Henrietta is even more upset about that because she doesn't know anything about the fact that Sienna was plotting to kill her. So she basically remember how upset she was that you hadn't solved things before. Well, I'm guessing she gets even more upset then and throws you in prison. And it ends that way. You're just stuck in prison. Uh, I, that, that's what it says. It does say that you, at a later point, you get freed. So I imagine maybe after the credits you get freed. Wow. But, okay. Yeah. So I think that's the same ending. Like if you, if we hadn't bought the ribbon and Detlef had killed Sienna, that's also what you would get. Ah, okay. I gotcha. Yeah. I can see that. Yep. E- either way, she basically ends up dead. Um, yeah, and this is for the tragic one. Sienna and Anna Henrietta are dead, and all of Toussaint is grieving, and the country slowly falls into disrepair. Great. That's um, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we both got the really good ending. Yeah, which is weird, because normally I make choices because I want a particular ending. Most of these choices... I I had no idea that I was making the choices that would get me the good ending. Yeah. That's called good story yeah. writing. Yeah. So. And then after that, uh, Geralt goes off to the cemetery to talk to Regis. Uh, they go to uh, 
look for some mandrake root. Uh, during that time, uh, Regis gets attacked by a vampire, calling him a traitor. Regis decides that he's probably going to go south and stay there for a long time. Where people don't really believe in vampires. Yeah. And uh, Geralt's last uh, quest is to go home. And uh, we go back. Where do you go, Matt? Corvo Bianco. Okay, so that's your home too? Yep. So you still inherited it? Yep. Okay. So I go And I did. There there was one big side mission that you can do before hitting that end game, which is to, like, fix up your estate. Right. I did only a little bit of it. I did none of it. I'm not wasting money on this house that I don't care about. (laughs) I care about the sweet, sweet gear. Yep. I did the tour. So, like, I think the, the mission that kicked it all off was just a tour of your home. Yeah, I did that. And then I think I bought, like, a... Uh, like a, like an armor repair station, like an anvil, I guess. Right. Like the symbol of the anvil, so that I had that on my estate. And yeah, that's that's basically it. Gotcha. That's all I did. I didn't do the painting. I didn't like fix up the grounds. But you know, they they kind of as you're doing your walkthrough, they tell you all the things you can do. Like, oh, this would be a, a great place for roach in between missions. Yeah. And there's an achievement based on it, like getting it back to full repair. But, um, yeah, go home. And the guy who's running the house, he's like, somebody just barged in. Uh, I tried to stop him, but they insisted. So Geralt walks in and turns the corner and there stands. I'm guessing for you, it would be, uh, Triss. It would be. Yeah. Yennefer, my, my lady love, Tris Marigold. Yep. Jennifer Vessenberg was standing there for me. And uh, she's like, hey, nice digs. Figured I'd move in with you. This feels like an ending. Because there, yep. there is that little option of like, hey, we got our happy ending. We can retire here, essentially. Yep. And that was post credits. Yeah, that was definitely after credits. So, uh, and then luckily, uh, Jennifer didn't ask what I'd been up to because, well, I was making whoopee in the clouds against her. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then you are left to your own devices. Uh, it's, uh, I looked at my quest line and there is no main story quest anymore on my, uh, on my books. It's all secondary and Witcher contracts. Um, one last thing I do want to ask is when um, Regis asked you, so what are you going to do? You have the option of saying, I think I may settle down in Corvio Blanco or I'm going to keep being a Witcher. Which one did you choose? I said I'm a Witcher. Witcher for life. And that's what I said too. <laughs> So the only thing I did at this point after this, because you you go through, I went through all the dialogue options with Triss, and that was nice that you know they bring up some past points, they talk about the future. It felt nice and final. Yeah, right. I felt like we're we're about to live happily ever after. But as soon as that ended and there was nothing else to do, I'm like, 
finally I could get my Grandmaster gear. So I I took off and uh, I had found out that I I basically just looked it up. I'm like, where where do I find the right monsters to kill to get my bag of monster powder and my monster hearts that I need? And I ended up just going to a, a blacksmith and deconstructing some other items to get what I needed. So I, I was able to then get all the rest of my gear. There you go. So that was that was the last thing I did, and I just felt very uh, uh, a sense of completion because that was you know from the beginning of the last recording that was my mission beyond finishing <laughs> the game. I'm like I need this gear, even if gotta get it. Even if in the end it's not better than the gear I found uh, just while in the land of a thousand fables, and also the ability isn't all that great. Right. And that is it. That is the end of Blood and Wine, and that is the end of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. I feel like Hearts of Stone uh, was definitely something that you should play while playing The Witcher 3 main story. Blood and Wine definitely feels like an ending. Yep. Um, I know CD Projekt Red has said that they are pretty much done with Geralt's story. But they said that they do plan, I think, going back to the world of The Witcher. Yeah, and I, I didn't know what to make of that. Did they mean that anything else is going to be a prequel? Or that anything else wouldn't have The Witcher? Or wouldn't have Geralt in it? I would assume you pick up a Siri Doing her yeah. Witcher stuff. Yeah, certainly could be. I, I would assume that would be it. And Geralt may be a side character or somebody you just run into one time. He's now retired to Corvo Blanco. So, uh, obviously, the next game for them will be Cyberpunk 2077, which is which I pre-ordered today. Later on this year, will be coming out. I will most certainly be playing it. I have no idea when I will be playing it. Yeah, me either. But the fact that the pre-orders on sale right now, basically everywhere, and also the fact that it's a free upgrade to the full next-gen version when it comes out. I figured that was too good of a path forward. Like I'm, I'm not like because if I was gonna, if I was gonna buy it and then not play it and then wish when I finally did that I was playing the next-gen version, I would be upset with myself. That's true. So what, what, where did you pre-order it? Just Amazon. I know, but what system? Uh, PS4. PS4. There you go. I'll be playing on Xbox. But, um, so you're saying that you can, pre-orders are what, cheaper? Yeah, it's, it's 49 instead of 59. Really? Huh. And then, cause I, I, I wanted to look it up to be sure. You get both the, Easy next gen upgrade to the P, like the current gen game, and also they said when you get when when the full next gen version comes out, you get that upgrade for free as well. Yeah, which I think and the fact Xbox is is basically doing that. Like if you buy a game, yeah, certain games on Xbox One, like they are going to give you the Series X version. I can't remember what it's called. They call it something fancy, but whatever. <laughs> so there you go, Matt. Um, 
Yeah, I'm ready. What did you think of Blood and Wine? <sighs> that's you know that's a tough question. As simple as it sounds, I I very much liked it. I thought it was excellent. You know, overall, uh, I thought that the story was better than Hearts of Stone, and I thought that the world and the texture and the nuance and the atmosphere was better. Hmm. But I, I, I didn't think that the, in the end, like, I, I had a lot of hope for the characters, and I didn't dislike the characters, but none of the characters went as deep, and I didn't end up caring for them as much as I did the characters in Hearts of Stone. Yeah. And also, Hearts of Stone was, you know, was more fun, I would say. It was a little bit more lighthearted. It was a little bit more interesting to play. The thing that sealed it for me, actually, as much as I liked The Land of a Thousand Fables, if you're going to go in that wildly different of a detour, that close to the end of the game, it needs to be critical to the story. And I thought that it, it was, I guess, and it was tied in well, and you know, and it was part of the link that the sisters have that was, you know, what caused Sienna to be so unhappy. And, you know, I get it. It was there. It had a it had a place in the story. But for the amount of time it took up and, you know, what they could have done with that space, I didn't think it was as impactful as going into the, the painted world in Hearts of Stone. Yeah, that, that I, I feel like... The sequence of the Land of a Thousand Fables should have been earlier in the game. Yep, me too. Because it feels like you're at the end and now you're just instantly stopped and say, "No, you got to do all this first. And I'm like, that just it just it, it kind of just lowered the pacing of the game majorly. Yep, but between that slowing the pacing down and then what you mentioned earlier, them skipping the three days, like. Those are three freaking critical days. Yeah. And we well, just bypassed all of them. What were you guys doing in those three days? Like, those two things alone kind of ruined the pacing at the end. And then just, you know, we, we spend a lot of time with Anna Henrietta early in the game, and I thought that we were going to grow to, like, she was going to be a really complex character. But then you basically step away from her and... Uh, you know, I, I did like Regis, and I liked what they did with Detlaf, and all the characters were interesting to a degree, but they never went over the top to where I'm like, this was an unforgettable character, which, you know, in, in my mind, like, the, uh, I'll probably say this 50 more times before we're done recording Phoenix Down episodes, but Mass Effect 2, like, those characters, every one of them was impactful. And these characters were good, but never quite reached that level for me. Yeah. I Whereas still... they did in Hearts of Stone. I mean, they, they, it's not like they were incapable of doing it. I just, I don't know if it was the pacing or what, but as as much as I do think it was an excellent, excellent DLC, it, you know, it maybe sits at the high end of very good, and it just doesn't reach that pinnacle that I wanted it to. Mm. Like, the, like there's one really cool shot, like a cinematic shot, where they show the city on fire. Like from a distance, and like that shot, I'm like, oh, I know we go through the city, but never when I was actually playing the game did I feel like the city was as cool as that one 
fleeting image of the city on fire and the humans battling the vampires. I, I felt like that was a little bit of a miss, too. Yeah. Like, this is an epic battle that's been brewing for a bunch of time that we didn't see. You know, wh- where was the fear? Where were the people in the village just terrified for their lives? You know, what, like, like you just said, what what were the, what was on the Henrietta and all of her people, what were they doing to prevent this? They knew it was coming. Like, I, I just felt like there were some missing pieces at the end. It almost felt like a bit rushed at the end. Yeah, it did. It did. I, After I, a pretty good build up, like, yeah. the first two thirds of this, I, you know, I didn't, I don't really have a single problem with. I just, uh, I, I still prefer Hearts of Stone, man. I, I mean, it was, it was the perfect length. It was the perfect continuity. Everything mattered in that DLC. And I'll be honest with you, Gontor Odim is my one of my favorite villains. Yep. I absolutely loved his character. I thought he was a great, just a evil, chaotic trickster. Yep. And I love not only like the character, but the way he was incorporated and the way he's in that game and the way he manifests in it and the way you, you don't know who he is at first. I don't know. I just... I thought it was very well handled. Yeah, it was tighter. It, I thought I thought it was just fantastic. Hearts of Stone. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Blood and Wine a lot. It was it was really good, but still, I I think Hearts of Stone was just perfect. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it so much more. Story wise, I think I would have liked Blood and Wine better. Like if the ending had had a little bit better payoff, I would have maybe rated this slightly higher than Hearts of Stone. Even if it wasn't as tight, because uh, I did, you know, I had more of the experience in this DLC that I did when I really fell in love with The Witcher Three, which was just being fully immersed in this in this world, like I've never been immersed in another game. Yeah, like the sights and the sounds. And again, I I, <laughs> I still attribute maybe some high percentage of that immersion just to the fact that I'm wearing head a headset. But, like, hearing the crickets and hearing people, like, hammering on things, I just got such a sense of place and culture. And I think that even that comes across really well in Blood and Wine. And, I don't know, it, it just does some things really, really well. I just felt like the end was a bit too rushed. Yeah. Yep. I agree. But, as a whole, The Witcher 3 is a phenomenal game. And if Cyberpunk 2077 has an ounce of what The Witcher 3 had in it, it's going to be a good game. That's all there is to it. Granted, I'll be honest with you, that setting is not my wheelhouse whatsoever. Yeah, I. so I was going to say this. When I I made this pre-order today, basically I made it just on the back of Witcher 3. I'm like, look, I want to support them, I now trust them, and I really want to see what they would do next. So I'm in regardless. I think I, I would say I like the setting. I love Deus Ex. I love Blade Runner. I love I, I love the setting. I can't say that I've been really infatuated with a cyberpunk game. Like, I've never felt that deep, deep love for a cyberpunk game that I feel like I should because I, I like the idea of the setting more than I like 
have have had a great experience in that setting. I guess. Right. I feel like I, I just I didn't, that setting never really ap- appealed to me. I just like you know, it's it's futuristic, but it's still really grungy and ugly, and I just like eh, I, I, like fantasy is my bread and butter. I absolutely love fantasy lore. I love anything that has to do with D and D or Witcher or Dragon Age. Like yep. as, as much as I love the Witcher and its lore, Dragon Age is still my favorite. Like, God, Dragon Age Origins is one of the best games I've ever played. <laughs> yep. it's so good. Um, but uh, Witcher Three is definitely one of the best games I've ever played too. And I, I'm so glad that we finally did this. It feels good to have it done. It feels good because we watched that trailer for The Witcher 3 and said, we need, <laughs> we need to do these for Phoenix Down. I want to play this game, yep. but I want to play Witcher 1 first, which was very difficult to do. <laughs> Apparently, that's one of the Witcher sets you can get is the Manticore armor in, in Blood and Wine. Yeah. Which apparently is the armor he wears in Witcher 1. Yep. Which I thought was a, a nice tie back. Uh, then there's, there's, um, you know, Witcher 2, Assassin of Kings. Well, well, more modern game. Yep. And Felt, jo- it was a clear step forward. Oh yeah. Enjoyed my time with it. And then the Witcher 3 just like leaps and bounds better than the other two. Just, yeah. I mean, so that, good. that, that progress of just so much clearly better. I mean, that, that's, one of the things I find fascinating about video games in general is you wouldn't ever expect that from a book trilogy or even necessarily a movie trilogy because, you know, in a book, a book is a book. The technology is not changing. Right. Uh, and in a movie, I, I think we're at the point now where we can pretty clearly say movies aren't getting better purely because of the technology involved. No. So – but that's still kind of fascinating about video games because it is the case. Not necessarily that they're better, but you can do more and you can be more realistic and you can be more immersive. So if you're the kind of game like The Witcher that is really going to thrive on good characters and realistic, meaningful interactions between them, each game kind of has an inherent advantage above over the previous one, as well as if it's the same team doing it, they're getting better and the tools get better. So... It's interesting to see that kind of evolution in games because I don't think you see it in other media. Yeah. I would say that, uh, unfortunately, Dragon Age has suffered from, I, w- I wouldn't say get worse, but not as the quality of, of you know, the first game. Yeah. Because, especially when it comes to the storytelling, because that's the thing is like, yeah, you had a silent protagonist, but when you were talking to somebody, you had freaking paragraphs of dialogue that you chose from. And then in Dragon yep. Age 2, you, you choose, you want to do the happy thing, you want to do the sarcastic thing, or you do the mean thing. And I'm just like, come on guys. I mean, it, like, that's, that's not, like, don't paraphrase for me. Let me choose what I want to say. The Witcher lets you do that. There's been a few occasions in The Witcher where I'd, I'd say something, I'd choose something and he'd say it and I'm like, whoa, that's not what I meant, but okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we're, that's, it's done. The, here's the thing. The, the one thing I'm disappointed in, it has to be a side quest. I still didn't get that vampire who told me to fuck off. 
Yeah, it has to be. It's got to be in. It's got to be in there somewhere. But I never ran into it, and yeah, I'm so mad because I saw that in that trailer, and that was like one of the things that made me really want to play The Witcher Three. So I don't know. But, yeah, assumed it would be in Blood and Wine. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so um, uh, we're done with The Witcher Three uh, completely. Uh, our next game. Have, are, are we still good with what we talked about? Mm, do you remember? Probably. What, do you remember did, what we talked about? Did we say "Remember Me"? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. So our next game is going to be "Remember Me." I'm going to be playing on the PC. Ah, <laughs> uh, I actually just looked it up. On the PC on Steam to see if I should get it, and hell no, it's thirty dollars. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not rebuying it just to play it on the PC. I will be playing the PS3 version yeah. that I have owned for a long time. Yeah, I think they gave it away for free on PlayStation Plus on PS3 a long time ago. Yeah, uh, I think so. Uh but I picked it up at like seven dollars on a Steam sale one time, and I said I'll get to this one day, and that day is next week. So there you go. Our next game is going to be Remember Me, uh, which is uh, a Don't Nod thing. Uh, don't Nod production, I believe. Same people that made Life is Strange. Which is one of those games where I would love to just have a week off from everything and just play through Life is Strange completely. Like one and two. It, it, it's a game I'm 99% sure I will love. I just have not had the chance to play it any of it well i'll put it this way uh the first season i've only played the first season of life is strange there's a decision in life is strange that i sat at for literally 10 minutes i there was it was one of the most gut-wrenching decisions i had to make in a video game and i was like I don't know what to do here. In fact, when it popped up, when the decision popped up, I was like, the first thing I said was like, oh, fuck off. And <laughs> don't was, make me choose. Yeah, and then I was like, wow, they're going to make me choose this. So, it's 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 a good one. It's a tearjerker. It definitely was for me. Mm. But uh, yeah, we'll be doing Remember Me. Uh, no emails, unfortunately. I don't think anybody knew we were recording tonight. But if you would send us an email, like if you would like to send us an email, it's Drew at ZTGD.com. Chad, I know you missed it. I figured you were probably going to give us a finishing blood and wine email. Please feel free to send that to us this week. We will read it next week. Uh, and you can also tweet to us. I'm at Drew Leachman. Matt is at REMGS. And the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. But that's going to be it for us. It's a long episode. An hour and 41 minutes so far. Big chunk of the game, though. It is a big chunk of the game. And we were finishing up our final thoughts. So I do appreciate everybody listening. Uh, we're going to get out of here. But until next time, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're gone. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll be back next week with the beginning of Remember Me. Bye.